raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Welcome back to the Western Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFC. Let me tell you right now, Walker, this is the hottest song in New York. Scarlip, this is New York. You walk in the gym with this plan, you're going to throw up all the weights. Okay? I'm just telling you that right now. The beat is pretty insane. <laughs> it feels like you're Scarlip's agent right now. Listen, Which man, is a great The it's- first time I heard it about a few weeks ago. And uh, like I said, the song is just uber aggressive. Mm-hmm. So when you, I don't know if you've heard the song yet, I'll send it to you. But once you hit this beat with the lyrics on top of it, you'll be like, yeah, I, c- I can see what you're saying. And so, no, the beat, the beat, uh, it definitely feels like I'm about ready to go lift some weights <laughs> or definitely go run through a brick wall to win a, win a natty or something like All that. All right, hit the text line 704-570-9610. Walker, what you got over there? We got some more voices. What you, yeah, been nominating. All right, so Juvenile. ODB, Chuck D, ODB we is a good one. T Pain with or without auto tune. Shock G. When it, when I used to rap, people would say I sounded like Digital Underground. <laughs> and Shock G, Coach Polly wrote that one in. Um, and that is the handful of texts that we have here. At, Andre at least 3, at the beginning, too. Andre 3000 yeah. is very good. Lots of text. Bust of Rhymes continues to get. Yes. And by the way, Guru from Gangstar. That's also, another one. It's a good one. I feel like his voice is better than his bars. All, All right. RIP Guru. So we teased you before the break talking about a new segment. We're going to hit some of these trending topics for you. During the week, the stuff that's really going big on the net, it is now time to trend. And our first story today, Madden San Miguel, better known as Baby Gronk. This guy's all over the internet. He's taking pictures at your favorite college as if he's a recruit getting ready to come in and play for them. But the thing is, he's only in fourth grade, and his father, let him tell it, is the best fourth grader in the land and destined for NFL greatness. He recently had an interview on a podcast, the Juice Podcast, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's Bring the Juice or something like that? Yes, to where the answers were cringeworthy, and he was being fed answers from his father, to which had LeVar Ball trending on Twitter, and people were saying... You guys gave LeVar Ball hell for what he did with his kids. This guy, LeVar Ball, is not even in the same league as this cat, and he's also already being compared to Ty Marinovich. Fitty, let's hear the sound. Fitty. Hmm. Shroppy. I'm sorry. Shroppy. Shroppy. What are you going to do, you know, to to stay sharp and keep your skills up if you're actually not going to go through with middle school and high school? Just work out. No. I'm gonna get massages. I'm gonna get uh, body full body massages by some baddies. All right, ready? Go. Right. Get- you want to ask it again, bro? Yeah, yeah. All right, go. I saw that you're foregoing middle school and high school football. How are you gonna keep preparing yourself to play college football in this whole process? I'm gonna get body massages by baddies. Anything you want to say before we dip out, baby Gronk? I'm the number one fourth grade football player in the world in flex, and that's it. Ready? Stand right there. Can you say it one more time. Yeah. Hey, baby, go off. Before I wrap up, bring the juice. Anything you want to say to bring the juice nation today? I'm the number one fourth grader in the world. Listen, 
the father in me, I about threw my phone across the room. Jake San Miguel, they were on the Bring the Juice podcast. The internet was ablaze after these comments. First of all, your son's only 10 damn years old. And you got him on there talking about getting full body massages by baddies. No, that's your fantasy. That's what you want to happen to you. It's ridiculous. And at first, when I first heard about this kid, I watched him. He's a good little young player. But I used to watch Friday Night Tykes with the Texas kids on there. And there were kids on there who would eat his lunch. Okay? But I'm not going to knock the kid. I think he's a good player. If he keeps working, who knows where he could be. My thing was, who's driving the bus on this? And when I first encountered the story, I said, well, maybe the son wants to emulate the NFL guys that he sees on TV. Maybe he likes that, and that's what he wants to do. And if that's the case, it's all good. But if dad is driving this bus thinking about the millions and a player that he was not, this is really bad. And then this comes out, which adds to the narrative that dad is the one that's feeding this and that he's pushing his son. And for those of you who don't know, Todd Marinovich had one of these type of dads back in the 90s. He pushed him. And Ty Marinovich made it to the NFL as a draft pick out of Southern California. First round draft pick to be exact. But he never played a game sober after 15 years old because of the ridiculously meticulous lifestyle his father put forth on him from a young age. Walker, what are your thoughts on this? Well, yeah, there's there's no other thought to have besides just how cringy it is. If you want to have any kind of morality talking about a nine-year-old out here that is already in the limelight and your dad is feeding you not only every single answer, but also answers that are the worst possible answer that you could feed someone. So yeah, this is the only take to have, to be quite honest. It is cringeworthy and it's not the same as LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball had his own problems, right? We can talk about LeVar Ball and the examples of misogyny that he threw out there when he was in the media tour, when Lonzo Ball was drafted second. And we could talk about the way that he dismissed Christine Leahy when he was on Colin Cowherd. Sure, but show. that wasn't his fathering though no it wasn't that's why i'm making also a distinction here right gotcha. lavar ball had his own problems it's not the same here as far as feeding these guys different answers to cringeworthy questions in the first place when we're talking so yeah it's it's a real problem <laughs> yeah with baby Gronk coming out here acting like he's one of the athletes and saying something pretty gross yeah because when i saw the, these comments i said man i used to watch ball in the family every episode LeVar Ball, this guy, they're not even in the same league. None of this type of stuff was going on. Shroppy, did you have thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I just think that dad's a scumbag. Because um, <laughs> that kid obviously wouldn't give those answers if he wasn't being told to or pretty much forced to. There was a question earlier in the podcast where the guys asked him, uh, you know, since you asked Livy, Livy Dunn out to prom, what, yes. do you, like, what kind of suit are you going to wear? He was like, are you going to wear a James Bond, you know, OG suit? And the kid just kind of sat there and nodded his head. And the dad was like, no, 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 no. Asked it again and made the kid say he was gonna wear like a Gucci suit and I don't it's it's just it's so bad dude. Yeah, so moving on, John Moran. We know his day of reckoning is coming. Adam Silver said after the finals, we're gonna find out his fate. Lil Wayne actually tried to reach out to the young man and tried to provide some advice, provide some perspective for him. Cameron. Got one of the hottest shows out. It is what it is on YouTube with rapper Mace. He also put out a cautionary tale for him on Instagram showing his old days as a college player, him throwing up a gang sign and saying that he ruined his athletic career because he was too in love with the streets. What did John Moran do to Lil Wayne? According to Skip Bayless, he left him on red, didn't even respond to what many consider is one of the greatest rappers of all time. What do you think about John Morant 
curving Lil Wayne on the text. I don't really know what to make of this. Because is this something where John Moran is just trying to tune out everything on the outside? Or is it any kind of real disrespect to Lil Wayne? You know, look, I love Lil Wayne. How much advice does he have here for John Morant? It's Maybe a lot because we know a lot, we know Lil Wayne's upbringing. We well, know they said about, he talked about the gun charge that he got and having to go to Rikers Island and stuff like that. And he was just saying he didn't want to have to see John go through the same thing. And so, if John Morant is not respecting Lil Wayne enough, do we, you know? And look, if Lil Wayne, he's if if he's feeding this to Skip. And Skip is bringing this out there, too. Is this any kind of self-serving on their part to try to bring out, hey, John, I don't want to listen to anybody. And so now Lil Wayne feels disrespected because John Moran didn't answer his text. I just, you know, the angle here is a little interesting to me. But also, yeah, I just want Ja to not flash guns on Instagram Live anymore. Like, that's what needs to happen. If that's any kind of rehabilitation process for Ja, that would be great. Also, we'll see what this disciplinary action is going to be instituted by the NBA. Yeah, and I think, too, when you talk about Wayne, he is affiliated with uh, the Blood Street Gang, and John ja, um, ja Morant has been rumored to be affiliated with the Crip Street Gang. I wonder, is this an issue to where he's like, oh, I'm not going to listen to Lil Wayne because he's this and I'm that? Or is it a situation to where uh, maybe, like you said, that he's just tuning out the outside noise? I would just feel like even if you are tuning it out, if Lil Wayne sends you a text, you're going to respond to that. I would think so this is interesting. Is it Ja just being arrogant and not listening to anybody and feeling like he knows it all? Uh, who knows? We'll see. But Skip's running partner, Shannon Sharp, no longer a part of Undisputed anymore. He has left the show, and they said it was going to happen after the finals. That moment happened yesterday, and he had an emotional goodbye to Skip Bayless and the Undisputed crew. Sharp, let's hear that. Skip Bayless, mm. you fought for me, bro. Did I? I'm here because of you. You've allowed me to share the stage with you. You've allowed me to share the platform. I'm going to cry in the car, but I'm not going to mm. cry now. The opportunity that you gave me to become what I became, I'm forever indebted to you. I'll never forget what you did for me. You've helped me grow more than you ever know. <sighs> okay. This is not easy for me either. But One more thing, one more thing to, before yeah, you go, Skip. Okay. One more thing. All I ask is when you lay your head on that pill at night, you know, I gave you everything I had. You did. I gave you everything I had. Which is why I want to thank you for all you have given to me. That was a pretty cool moment, in my opinion. I was a little bit surprised it went that way because a lot of people have speculated on why this has happened. And a lot of people point to the last argument that they got in over Tom Brady in which Skip disrespected Shannon and his playing career. And many people thought that these two had a lot of bad blood between them. So I was glad to see that they were able to have a great moment like that because that did take Shannon Sharp's post-playing career to a different level. I know Shannon was doing media before he went to Undisputed, but Undisputed took him to another level. I know it was a show I enjoyed watching every morning, even though Skip being a contrarian sometimes got on my nerves just a little bit, but I loved Shannon and his perspective. I liked Club Shay Shay, so I hate to see this thing come to an end, uh, but what did you think about all of this? Well, it's almost like humans have complex emotions. It doesn't mean that Shannon Sharp didn't want to get out from all of this and still had some real problem with Skip Bayless because if you look at Shannon Sharp's Twitter account and you go click on the likes and you scroll down a couple, a couple days ago, 
couple weeks ago on June 6th. He liked a tweet saying this, quote, I've watched Undisputed for five years straight consecutively, and sometimes I couldn't understand how Shannon would hold back going crazy on Skip. And then in that clip, it was Skip Bayless saying Shannon didn't accomplish as much as Tom Brady, and that was an indictment on Shannon not being allowed to have this opinion. We all know the clip. We all know the problem that happened between those two guys. And Shannon's out here liking those types of tweets because you are allowed to have complex emotions. You can be tired of Skip's BS, and you can also be really thankful that he gave you this monster platform where we've seen Skip do this with Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A., very appreciative of what Skip did for his career. Shannon doing the same thing. But Skip, I have to imagine, weighs on you a ton. You can only deal with him for so long before you got to get up out of there. And that's what's going on with Shannon Sharp. You can be appreciative and also be fed up at the same time. I think we saw the former in this uh, in this clip when we talk about emotion. Well, Walk, I just want you to know. And Don't when cry. You, when you put your head on that pillow at night, mm-hmm. just, next, just know that some days I want to whip your ass. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, you never did want to do that. <laughs> I don't believe it. I was believing you. I was believing you until you said that. I was like, nah, I can't believe that. No, that's if so, I'm glad that you refrained. <laughs> Strappy, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think one. I think something that really maybe started started the end of that show was the Demar Hamlin situation because yes, we all too. remember how how heated that day after was with that whole tech that whole tweet situation and everything. Um, it's nice to see men act like men at the end of the day whenever they're done with and they're saying their goodbyes. I mean, they obviously have had their good times together. They've had their bad times. So it's sad to see that show coming to an end. They've they've given us a lot of great content over the years. But, you know, it's time for Shannon to move on and do bigger and better things for him. Yeah, and there's been a lot of people speculated as to who is going to replace him. I've seen LaShawn McCoy, Shady McCoy, as many know him as a guy that they could replace him. I've seen Joy Taylor. She seems like she's been on every show on FS1. They have her as well. So it's going to be interesting to see who replaces old Shay Shay. Big play Shay. But when we come back on the Wesson Walker Show, we're going to talk about possible trade targets for the Hornets if they're willing to trade the second pick. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Shroppy starting to play a little bit to the West nostalgia here. Right. Wes didn't realize that Troppy had the music intellect that he does. I know ex- how excited are you that Troppy's out here going to 500 ounces without any reference right. to it. <laughs> just deciding to play it because it's random. I was just thinking in my head. I said, did Walker put this in? I said, have we played this? I before? think I did, though, right? Did you find this in my... I think no, I'm, I'm just playing it off YouTube. It, it, might, it might be in your folder. But, but see, now oh, that okay. I think about it, I could see Troppy being in that 
liking that type of underground type rap. Oh no, for sure. I could Troppy, absolutely. This I'm guy also plays... a sucker for a good beat, dude. So Well yeah, I mean it it is something that draws you in. You have yeah. to like the beat really first because a wag beat, you're just not gonna be yeah, listening out. to the music I'm anymore. Yep. You know, this is yeah, lyrics matter a lot, but you gotta have a good yeah, beat. Yeah, think to about it. cannabis. Cannabis had a great voice. But his production was not so where this, it needed to be. This has been the theme of really the last, I don't know, three or four segments. We were asking which rappers had the best voices, have the best voices of all time. You can continue to text in. We got a mystical reference from a 252. Here's the difference, though. As we started to have this conversation, we started to make a difference between distinct and best. Because just, just because your voice is distinct... And it's easy to tell apart from everybody else's. It doesn't mean it's one of the best voices. Would you say Mystical has one of the best yes. voices? Yes. Or it's distinct? No question about it. I have my qualms with Mystical off the mic. But as well, far because as on he's the crazy. Mic, <laughs> but as but far as on the mic, his voice was, it was off the chain. There was no denying when Mystical came on a song. I know because you could tell. But does that mean he's got one of the best voices I ever? think so, yeah. I think it's in the distinct Especially when you category. talk about Southern rap. He's a Southern rap legend. So that Danger. makes it one of the best, yeah. And he could, yeah and, <laughs> yeah, and lyrically, like he could, I mean, mystical could rap. Well, the flow is so crazy. Yeah. I just, somebody wrote in ODB too. Yes. Oh, you know what? His antics were more distinct. The voice was distinct too, but I have no problem putting ODB as one of the best hip hop voices. Yes. He's okay. got a great one. We also got to another one. Yeah, people writing in Q-Tip as well. We've already gotten to the smooth voice there with Q-Tip. What about Pac? Do you think that? Mm -hmm. What do you put Pac? No. Think or Woo! great? I don't think it's one of the best voices of all time. I mean, it's, it's distinct. It's definitely distinct. And I know what people are. Look, this is the thing when you have a Tupac conversation. Ripped. Yeah. But that's okay. That's why we're here. We are not afraid. All music Come is at subjective, me. man. Come at us. We're men. This is, this is the, the conversation. Yes. Tupac had a profound impact. I think also when we talk about Tupac, people will underrate him because people have felt he's overrated. And so okay. then people will try to bring him all the way down to where it's too far. The guy was really good. Okay. But also you have your Tupac fans. Is there anybody as rabid as far as a fan base goes outside of Tupac? Is there anybody that compares to Tupac fans? Biggie. You think Biggie fans are that rabid? Yes. Suicide boys. They are. <laughs> Because, because uh, just the nostalgia of them passing and all of that type of stuff that they they definitely go hard for him. Okay, uh, seven oh common. Yeah, Common's got a good smooth one. Seven oh four said, "Why has it taken a fifty year old white guy to bring up Easy E? Top five voice Ooh, of all time." Oh yeah, nice. He's one. angry at us. Yeah, Easy's voice was dope. Oh, LL Cool Big Cat Dan, LL Cool J, and Big Daddy Kane. I'm just gonna try to go rapid fire here so we can move on as well. Right. But I do want to hear everybody else's. Yeah, Chuck D. Nate Dog is different, but yes, yes, very different, but yes. Uh, Tech Nine from KC Steve, of course, yes. Kansas City guy, gonna bring in a Tech Nine. No, but I, I could agree with that. He yeah, has Tech a Nine powerful is good. voice. He's got a great voice. R.I.P. Coolio too. Coolio. You don't think so? Mm, his voice was kind of meh enough. to I, me. I do love. I don't know. I think it's pretty good. Most deaf. Yeah, for sure, for sure, most deaf. Yeah, we, but that we said it off air. We still haven't said Snoop Snoop Dogg on air. Snoop Dogg is big. It yes, distinct and great. Seven oh four asked, "What about Rakim?" Wes was a little hesitant to go in the great voice category. I had no problem. I thought yes, not just distinct, but also great. I'll just give you my top five really quick. I Let's got do it. Biggie, Rick Ross, DMX. 
Busta Rhymes, Snoop. Rick Ross needs to be in there. You're right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just like doing all oh. of them. Big Daddy Kane is a good one. Yeah, yes. I apologize that we left him off. E42. Okay, I'm done. All right, we'll get to him more. We got to get to some Charlotte Hornets conversation. We saw the report from Jonathan Gavoni that Scoot Henderson's workout, well, it was spectacular. And it's not really surprising. He's a workout type of guy. The athleticism, it's going to pop off immediately. We know about his ability to finish at the rim. He seems like a guy that would perform excellently so in a workout scenario. But we also know that the Pelicans are also looking to go get Scoot Henderson, and they're offering possibly Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, the 14th overall pick, maybe future first-round selections. David Griffin, he wants Scoot Henderson. It was first reported by Sham Sharania a couple of days ago. And so it got us thinking, all right, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, some of the not vets, but older players, not rookies in the NBA, guys that are already established. If you could trade the number two overall pick for a few amount of stars, we decided to rank the top three targets you would go after. Wes, I'll send it to you. Who is the first target you came up with as far as who you would trade the second overall pick for? It doesn't have to be how realistic are we talking here. You made the rules. You tell me. This <laughs> no, is your I really game. wanted to go after guys who are being rumored, and you don't have to follow it. In my mind, I was just checking to see if we had parameters. I wanted to go with guys who I've been hearing about in trade rumors. Mm-hmm. So my number one target would be Damian Lillard. All right, yeah, I don't think that's realistic. <laughs> well, but you would saying, like to see it. So, tell me why you'd so like to maybe, see it. So maybe. But hold on. Also, no, this is going to be. I know, I know where convers- this is going. All right, I know well, then tell me. Right tell now. me why. You're you about to say, you like Damian Lillard, but you don't want Scoot Henderson. All right, go ahead. You've already. Yeah, you can debate <laughs> because that's exactly what I was about to say. I mean, Damian Lillard, the star power, what he brings to the team. I know it would be an awkward fit with LaMelo, but just to add a iconic superstar like a Dame Lillard, what he brings to the table scoring-wise, offensively. I feel like if you want to go with Scoot Henderson, hell, you're going to draft another point guard anyway. So if you're able to get a Damian Lillard, because the reason why I say maybe it's not so unrealistic is maybe because if Portland says we're going to get rid of our top guy, then why not go ahead and get the number two pick as well? We can have the two and three picks, get our building blocks for the future, and keep it pushing. So oh, that's so you're having them keep number three. That's what I'm saying. They keep three, give Lillard maybe a couple of players, maybe some future stuff to the Hornets for the two. They keep the two and the three. They draft their franchise cornerstones going forward if they're just going to blow it up. So that's why I have Lillard. But I just think Lillard, the star power, the scoring acumen, everything that he would bring the buzz for uh, no um, pun intended. Being pun, punny. (laughs) Big pun. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this would be a guy that I would say would be number one if he was attainable. Yeah, if he's attainable, yeah, he's older, obviously. We do know that it's going to be a monster contract for the Charlotte Hornets to take on, but Damian Lillard, he's a really fun basketball player. I feel like that's Fiddy's favorite. One of Fiddy's favorite, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe that would make him a Charlotte Hornet fan. Who knows? All right. As far as all the players that have been reported out here, I think Brandon Ingram is actually my number one. Okay. If I had to roll with somebody realistic... If you look at his numbers, they were very good last year. He got hurt. A little bit of an injury-prone guy. But I also was a little swayed by J.J. Redick on first take this morning. And this is something I buy into more and more so as I get older. It's a little cliche, but how much do you want to be great? Sometimes that gets overplayed. It does. And I, I hate using that as a huge piece of analysis. But I do think when Chad Ford talked about this a while back, 
the thing that he most gravitated towards or the thing that he learned the most throughout his NBA draft evaluations as his career went on, it was you can start to see the guys that pan out at the time of their evaluation. It was they had the dog in them. It was they really cared about this. And then five years later, you would do a redraft and he would see a lot of the guys that clearly cared more about basketball. They would often pan out. It was not an immediate star thing for Brandon Ingram when he was drafted, by the way. It took a little time for him to cook. It did. And then you go look at his numbers last year. Yeah, not with the ceiling that Zion Williamson brings, probably. You're right about that. But he's a 25-point-per-game scorer last year. Shot well from three at 39%. Yes. 48% overall from the field. Those are great numbers. Oh, and by the way, nice playmaker. Average close to six assists each of the last two seasons. If you can get Brandon Ingram, I don't want to do this, right? Just to just to throw that caveat. I'd rather just draft Scoot. From Kinston, went to Duke. But if you were to trade for some of these guys, Brandon Ingram is somebody I might go after. The contract situation is a little dicey. I like what he's making now. It's between it's like thirty five million the next couple of years, but you only have him on the books for the next two seasons. So you are getting rid of somebody that you hope to have forever, essentially, if it pans out. And you would only be bringing Brandon Ingram in for a couple of years. But it does give you the inside track to keep him long term. And so there are ways to work around it. Ingram would be my number one option. That's what I would roll with. Wes, what's your number two? All right, my number two, man, Big Z, Zion Williamson. I've talked about it over and over. Now, I know it's a gamble, but like I said, he's a young guy, 22 years old. I feel like he can get this thing together. I feel like this offseason could hopefully be a watershed moment because the thing for me, too, about him and with the training and all of these things, Zion's a good kid. Like, it's not like you look at this guy and he's defiant and arrogant, just a bad person. He's a good kid, and I feel like – Good people you can reason with. Good people you can get through to with the right influences. And so I think that's why Zion can turn this thing around. Because when he does, you're getting 26 points. You're getting those seven rebounds. You're getting 60% from the field. And I know he doesn't take a lot of threes. But 36.8% from the field, I'll take that from the big fella. But the highlights every night, him and LaMelo packing out Spectrum Center, all those intangibles, man, it would just be very exciting to see what these two guys could cook up. And maybe Melo, with him being the gym rat guy that he is, could rub off on Zion with them becoming arguably the NBA's best young duo or one of the best young duos in the game. Okay. I do like Zion's ceiling, and I'm with you on the whole. He's still a good dude. I I feel, look, part of it might seem weird to say that I feel bad for him because, yeah, he's made a lot of mistakes, but I still feel bad for him. Like, it sucks. I hate seeing this. Haven't we all? Yeah. (laughs) Haven't we all what? (laughs) Made Made a lot of mistakes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go off the beaten path with this one. This is a name that has not been brought up ever. You heard it here first. First. Um, (laughs) What about Mikhail Bridges? This is the reason I bring up McHale. If the Brooklyn Nets are leaning towards getting out of middle ground purgatory and they're just deciding, you know what? It all went hilariously bad. Pairing Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, trying to bring James Harden in with a dominant trio. When they were on the court, they looked like the best offense we had ever seen. All three of those guys, absolutely crazy. There's just no reason. There's no way you can stop them. And they played like seven games together. (laughs) And so James Harden moves on. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, they all move out. They actually get a really nice return in Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson. The problem with Cam Johnson is you're going to have to pay him a lot. So do you want to have 
a decent amount of money. Mikhail Bridges actually has a really good contract. He's making at most $24 million. The last year of his contract is 2025-26. But if you gave up the second overall pick, and I'm interested in how much of that would allow you to not send any more picks, you only get rid of one asset. So you have LaMelo, you have McHale. McHale's on a good contract. You're not having to divvy up a ton more payroll. Maybe you, you know, matching the contract, Terry Rozier would help you out with that a little bit. So Mikhail Bridges is somebody that I would like to explore. Is there any reason the Nets might trade him? This is more of the unrealistic off the beaten path type of move, but I feel like there are pathways to make that happen or at least gauge the interest of Brooklyn. And so that's why I might go after Bridges. No, that's a nice pick, man. 37% from three, 47 from the field at 26 points per game. He had a career year last year. So One of the best defenders in the league, too. Yeah, and then the two-way aspect as well. So I'm with it. I like that as well. Uh, the guy I'm going to go with, I know I've been screaming Jalen Brown. And in these rec- in these rankings, he's fallen to fourth in my rankings because I didn't know that this guy was going to be available as well. So if I was to choose a guy I would want over him that's out there on the trade market that's being talked about a lot, Bradley Beal. I mean, come on, man. A walking bucket. We're talking about 23 points a night. He's shooting 36%, around 37. He's at 36.5 from three, 50% from the field, giving you five and a half assists, roughly. I mean, I like to, you know, even though my rounding isn't correct at 5.4, it should be at five, but I'm going to go six anyway. And uh, for his career, he's averaged four assists per game, so I think this guy will be really good, 84% from free throw. So I think that if they could get Bradley Beal, I know I'm going after big ticket guys because you go to the contracts and this guy's making $43 million. I mean, Wes, I can't, I can't hate that contract anymore, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't like the Bradley Beal contract. You don't like my selection here. I don't. I don't. The guy's making $57 million in 2026 and 2027. He's already going to be 30 years old by the time that he suits up for the Charlotte Hornets. He's 29 right now, so he's actually a little bit older than you might think. Remember, he was the 2012 guy that the Hornets missed out on. But he's going to be 30 actually in just a couple of weeks. It's going to be his birthday. And then you're going to be paying him all the way up until he's about 34. Because he's going to pick up the player option. I can't imagine he would turn down $57 million at the age of 34. And so now what you're doing is Bradley Beal with the Wizards... Having some younger talent in there, like decent, Kyle Kuzma, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, where do they get? They didn't get anywhere. And so now you're trading a number two overall pick on a first round contract, also with a guy that could be here long term, you know, forever, essentially, is what I've been saying, to bring in someone that his prime is probably past him at this point. Also a little injury prone. Bradley Beal is not somebody I would go after. Okay, well, you changed my mind, and I'll go back to Jalen Brown. <laughs> go after Jalen. I'll go back to Jalen Brown at three, and then I'll put Bradley Beal at four, though. I'd still take him. I'd rather go after Jalen Brown. If there's a player left to be had, Jalen Brown might be my third guy. Okay. $50 million's a lot. It's going to be a ton. I don't know if he would agree to some kind of sign-in <laughs> trade. It's a ton of money for someone. He's an all-NBA player. There's a lot of what he does well. I do worry about the handle for somebody out there on the perimeter. He's not as good of a passer. That's just the style offense that I like. It doesn't mean that Jalen Brown isn't a good player. I want to give him his props. To be a top 15 guy and it be warranted, you can do a lot worse than paying a top 15 dude. It's just not the style of offense I love having, but he is a big wing. He does defend. He can shoot. He drives to the lane. I like all of that. 
another I'd put Jalen Brown if we're just doing player centric stuff here. If we were to just do trades overall, I might look at Orlando and try to steal some of their younger assets. Okay. So Franz Wagner, really good player. Not an all-star, but really good player. Could you load up on just a ton of draft picks? Also, maybe you bring back a Jalen Suggs, who could be a reclamation project. Not somebody that was very good the last couple of years. But maybe you bring him in as well, and then you can decide what to do because he's still on a a shorter contract as well. I, I would be just at least talking with Orlando to see if there's anything there. And maybe, look, could you get Paolo? I would say you probably oh, couldn't. Whoa. I don't think you could, right? <laughs> I don't think Orlando, but if Orlando loved Scoot, then maybe you could do that. Would but you that, try for Cole Anthony? That's hard wishful thinking. Yeah. I or mean, Markel Foles? Maybe Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter had a okay. good year. What you got, Shroppy? So we, we know this team needs some help on defense. What would you guys think about maybe trading to get Marcus Smart? Hell no. I think the contract is there. Well, what's his contract too? But Marcus Smart, no. I mean, you'd no. have to have something a little more. Not, not for the second, not for the second overall pick. But well, well and this is too. Like even with Orlando, and we got to go to Shrabi like it's hot. I want to get more of your time on here, Shrabi. But if you're talking about trading the number two overall pick for Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, and Bobby Marks is hopping on Mac and Bone and saying they would might they might have to give something up uh, else more up for you to pull off that trade. We're talking about established all-stars with the numbers that Ingram had and the ceiling that Zion has. And Bobby is still trying to tell you that New Orleans might have to give up more. We have to realize this is a crazy valuable asset. It might be as valuable an asset that the Hornets have had in the second iteration of this franchise. And so if you settle for anything less than 100 cent on the dollar and you don't get 150 cent on the dollar in return, then what are you doing? Yeah. It's a huge, it's a huge asset that this team has. And so hopefully for me, the Hornets just make the pick and go with scoop. But if you trade this thing, make sure you get, uh, make, make sure you get a return that has everybody saying, Oh man, the Hornets fleece the Pelicans in this deal. Cause I don't want it up for interpretation. I agree 100%. All right, Shrop time to drop it. Like it's hot, man. What you got? All right. So it's actually a little bit of different audio this time. Okay. What you got? We'll test run it. All right. All right. So, <laughs> so the uh, the NHL season came to a conclusion last night as the Vegas Golden Knights won Game Five in Vegas and absolutely fleeced the Florida Panthers with a score of nine to three. Uh, Mark Stone got the first hat trick in a Cup final game since 1996. And, yeah, in their sixth year in the NHL, the Golden Knights have won a Stanley Cup. And I know Flounder is very upset because his team hasn't won a team since 94. All the all the old head uh, hockey fans mm-hmm. are pretty pretty salty at the at the new. Has there ever team. been an, a more impressive start to an expansion team than what Vegas has done? I really don't think so because they've only missed the playoffs one time. In their six years, and they has think, it been six years already? Yeah, I didn't they, know it was that long. And they've gone to four conference finals, and they got to the final their first year yes. in existence, right. which is which is one of the crazier storylines of the last decade. If wild. you want to give hockey some love, that's one where you're like, how how did this happen? It is wild. Yeah, crazy stuff to see. Did you pay attention at all to the final? I did for sure. I checked it out last night. Nine to three. I mean, they just bludgeoned the uh, the Panthers. I just hated that the Panthers made such a bad showing after. Yeah. 
putting out my game. Maybe the Hurricanes can make it another year. All right, Troppy Selections instead of Fitty Favorites. It's coming up next. Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Wesson Walker, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Shroppy helping us out this week on the ones and twos. Really doing a great job in the DJ booth for Wesson Walker. We appreciate you for texting us, listening to us. 704-570-9610. We want to hear your thoughts and comments. And for the first time ever, we want to hear Shroppy and his selections. Time now for Shroppy selections. Instead of going fitty favorites... We're going to get Shroppy's top five video games of all time. So we're going to start with number five. Work still, same protocol like we do with Fiddy's favorites. Shroppy, what's your fifth favorite video game of all time? Number five. Number five, I'm starting off with Assassin's Creed Black Flag. It's hard for me to pick a favorite game out of that franchise. I love Assassin's Creed, but if I had to pick one, probably that one. Uh, let's see here. Wes, well, no, well, uh, we, can, yeah. we can talk oh, yeah, about it for yeah, a second. yeah, yeah. yeah. Assassin's Creed, so I'm not as familiar with that one. I do like role-player games to an extent, but I'm more so like watching people play it, but I know it is revered as one of the best role-playing games ever. People love Assassin's Creed. Yeah. My brother is on that too, and he absolutely loves it. Every single every single one that comes out, he's constantly getting the new one. And we were talking about rabid fan bases in hip-hop, Tupac. Yeah. We got an Eminem mention on the text line. People are pretty rabid about their Assassin's Creed video game. I've never played it, but the storyline seems pretty cool to pay attention to. So I like the mention. All right, yep. Troppy, what you got? Number four. Number four. This one, I really couldn't break it down to a single one in the franchise. It's just the NHL video games. I've played them pretty much my whole life. They're all just so much fun, doing the career mode, all that. Uh, that's my favorite sports game of all time. That's okay. pretty much cut and dry on that one. So you said any NHL game? Yeah, yeah. If I had to go with one from my childhood, I think it was like NHL 2002, where Jerome Ginlo was on the front. I played the crap uh, out of it. You were like one. seven years old at that point, right? <laughs> Not even. <laughs> how did? How were you playing NHL video games? At I guess I was playing. Right. I mean, they were. I was. I was older. Like they were. They were older games, but I was playing them on my dad's PlayStation Two, man. Brian likes Black F uh, Flag. He's saying that is the best one out of the bunch. Um, for me, NHL. I, sh I was shown the light probably 10 years ago. One of my buddies had those video games. I never was a hockey fan, so I never got the video game. And then he put me on, and I realized just how much fun it is. Now, what we would do, we'd play on the same team, and mm -hmm. he would just set me up, yep. and then I would just have my joystick flipped back, ready to slam that thing forward to make sure that I could hit a slap shot. The one-timer, man. And I didn't do anything else. It was, hey, set me up. You were a role player. I was a role player, but I would score a goal every now and then. Oh. Wow. I uh, I never played a next-gen NHL game. The last ones I played was like on Sega, something like that. But I always did like hockey games when I did play them. Do you know what a Sega is, Shropping? I do. <laughs> I never played on one, but I, I do know what that is. All right. What you got next here uh, for a Shrop? Number three. You guys knew this one was going to be on this list at some point. It is Grand Theft Auto V. It is a legendary game. It's been out for 10 years coming up this year, and it still plays like it just came out. It is a beautiful game. Cannot get enough of it. They've put content into it for 10 years. So, 
Uh, how many people have described Grand Theft Auto as beautiful? How many? How many people have you, have <laughs> is, you heard? Is that like what that? they do? I've never heard that. But is that what they do? They just keep providing updates so you can keep going yeah. back and playing it. Yeah, yeah. Do they, they have a new one on the schedule yet? Not officially, but there's rumors that there's one going to be coming out in 2025, 2026. Oh, good lord! So when I was growing up, my brothers were all on Vice City, and I hated Grand Theft Auto because. I had to leave the room every single time they would start to play it. And so we had oh. 2K, we had NBA Live, and then they would want to play Grand Theft Auto, and I threw a fit. Because I wanted to play some sports games. I yeah. wanted to be in the room, hang yeah. with my brothers. Yeah. Like, nope, time to play some GTA so, Vice City. So what was the indication once that was coming when they were got when they were about to put it in, would they just kind of just start looking at you like? Yeah, right. well, it was really my oldest brother and his friends, and then what? Oh man, there's this one. It's a Mad Max video game, mm-hmm. Max something. It also is a movie franchise. Yeah, I forget it what the, is Max, Mad Max Fury. Max Fury. Oh, yeah. yeah, Max Fury. I had to. I had to leave the room for that one. Dang. And I went and told on him. I was like, they keep kicking me out. <laughs> I, at that time, I was snitching. I was just oh, like Lord. MF Doom and the intro music you played. I was. <laughs> I was a snitch. And I said, hey, they keep kicking me out. I hate it. They Finally, my dad talked to my brothers, and my dad took their side. Like, look, if they want to play the video game, you got to stay out. Oh, well. Not happy about it. So Grand Theft Auto, actually one of my least favorite video games wow. of all time. Uh, Max Payne. Max okay, Payne there we is go. the game. That's what I was looking to, and I was wrong. <laughs> Thank you, text line. The yes. text line comes through every time. Yeah, they are. Um, all right, what's your next one, Shrop? Number two. This is a beloved franchise of mine. Call of Duty franchise, to break it down, my favorite one is Modern Warfare 3 playing on Dome with the ACR. That's when it got real. Yeah. Mm. I, I The MSR quickscope, dude. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Don't get me started, man. <laughs> quickscope. Are you sniping, bro? I, bro, are you just I, camping? I was what a, quick a loser scoper, way man. to play. I was a quick little quick draw. Which oh, is man. the highest level of the game, right? If you can quickscope, then you are considered among the best, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but if you're it's saying okay. that, then you know. What was your kill to, de- uh, your kill to death ratio? Is that what yeah, they said? Yeah, back then I wasn't the best. It was always like a one point one five, one point two. If it was over one, it was good. Now nowadays I'm up like a one point five something, so mm. that's what work looks like, folks. Yes, sir. If you want to be the best at the game, then you need to play it every single day just like Shroppy does. Mm-hmm. Listen, they're pro gamers now. I get so jealous about this. You can be a professional gamer now and make a nice living for yourself, not to mention with Twitch channels. On YouTube, you can bring the social media into it. You can really get the bag playing video games. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, I think, is the one that was my favorite. But by the time we got to Modern Warfare 3 and then you started to play, what was the really small map, Shroppy, where you'd play outside and there was just so much action because there wasn't a lot of room to hide? I forget. That's Dome. Is that the Dome? Yes. There you go. Okay, thank you. Perfect. That's exactly right. The Dome. That's where it all went down. Top one. What's over Call Number of Duty? One. Number one, man. This is actually, this one wins mostly just because of nostalgia, but Star Wars Battlefront 2 on wow, the PlayStation 2. Wow, wow, wow. That game still holds <laughs> up. I can still hop on and do a Galactic Conquest now and be just as happy. It is better than, than the new Battlefront 2 game by EA Sports. It is an all-time classic. Um, Real quickly, to go back to Call of Duty, Brian is saying it was Rust. I feel like Rust is more Rust, right. Rust was Modern Warfare 2. Okay, so I'm getting all of this mixed up, I think. Yep. Mine was, I am one ahead. Modern Warfare is my favorite. 
And okay. then we got or World at War is my favorite. I don't oh, know man. what I'm talking about. I Showing have no age clue. on that one, dude. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. My, anyways, whatever. Wait, yes, yeah. Battlefront. People loved Battlefront when it came out. All the hype, all the rage. I myself am a Star Wars geek. Same. But I didn't have a console mm. for Battlefront when it was released and stuff like that, so I never really played it, but I know people love the game. Man, that looks pretty cool. And those are one of those games that, like I said, I don't play myself, but I do like to go on YouTube, watch the cutscenes as they put them together like a mini movie, or I will hang out and watch somebody play role-playing games all day long. Um, God of War is my favorite to watch. Mm, yeah, I would agree. When people play God of Thumbs, War, yep. I will sit there. Hey, do you want? You can hop on sticks, man. It's okay. No, man, I just want to watch. I've watched the full uh, Batman Arkham Asylum mm-hmm. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Oh, my friends Five loved. Hours. My friends loved uh, Spider-Man games too. Mm. Loved oh, that. the Miles Morales. It, that was award-winning. It was spectacular. My son and I watched about a good hour of the cutscenes from Miles Morales. Last one, Tom Clancy's uh, Splinter Cell. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. People mm. love that, that one. Is a, that's a good one. My friends would play that. I'd like watching. I'd be all nervous if they were about to get exposed because it's all a, a yeah, stealth a all stealth. stealth game. Yeah. <gasps> Don't show yourself. <laughs> it's anxiety, man. Yeah. Anxiety-inducing Could for you sure. have a more scumbag face than Max Payne? The face that they gave him on it with the lip I couldn't, up. I had to leave the room every time. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> All right, that'll do it. Weston Walker moving on to the last hour of the show. Still plenty more to come. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.